you give him the time, as you live, his word rhymes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to God's Living in God's Rhyme podcast. My name is Tim Carter, and that's probably not the first mistake I will make, but you are listening to Living in God's Rhyme. And again, my name is Tim Carter, and this is my brother. Wake up. Hey, everybody. My name is Dave Carter. How you all doing? Tim, it's great to see you again today. Uh, been a, it's been a whole whole week since we've seen each other, and we see each other more now than we did when we were younger. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not like I can go next door or, or walk down to Florida and say hi, Dave. Well, this is true too. Yeah, it's very yeah. very difficult. So, Tim, uh, what's what's going on today? We I, I I know what's going on, but let's tell everybody what what's going to happen today. Oh, okay. I want okay. I'll review for you what's happening today. Yeah, please well, do. That. Episode, episode eight uh, was about missionaries. And we shared poems about missionaries and our thoughts on on, on missionaries and what it is to be one. Uh, and today we are blessed to uh, share an interview with a man who has, uh, for much of his life, been involved in mission work. Uh, his name is John Bolt, and he has had a profound effect on my faith life and it still continues today. And uh, we uh, were happy that John agreed to the interview and uh, are very happy to uh, have you listen to John and uh, hear what he has to say. So let's listen. There you go. Here's John, folks. So Tim, do us a favor and introduce our first guest on Living in God's Rhyme. All right, Dave. Uh, I would like to introduce everybody to uh, my good friend and former employer, John Bolt. And, oh, welcome, John. Uh, welcome aboard, John. It's good to see you. Good to oh, have you. It's been a long time. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll get into John's uh, mission work uh, here shortly, but I thought it'd be good to uh, let you know how John and I met each other. Uh, we met in August of 1972 sitting in his office with his partner at the time and it was a job interview job interview uh now i haven't talked about this but i went to college and majored in philosophy so it only made sense didn't it john that i applied for a job on a survey crew right <laughs> with it yes with an engineering for engineering and surveying company uh i started to work for them and uh September of that year, and uh, it, well, I want to tell you something. It was a joy. I and uh, John and his uh, partner Darwin McLeod were both uh, Christian, spirit-filled men, and uh, they uh, they helped me helped me immensely along my journey. So I would like to thank you, John, for that. And uh, I know that Dave has asked me in the past, and uh, maybe we can move on from that type of business until to. God's a business in a minute, but how did you and Darwin start the company, Bolmac Engineering? Well, we were individually working for different agencies at that point in time. Darwin had been working for the Michigan Department of Agriculture. I was with the Soil Conservation Service, a federal agency. We were working on a big project together up in the Sanilac County. And um, then we kind of went our separate ways. And, they, and see, Darwin got hired by a former friend, Dave Lance of Lance Griggs, and started an office in uh, South Lansing. And about that time, I'd gotten my engineering registration, my PE, and they were looking for one. So Dave Lance called me up and wanted to know if I would leave the federal government and go to work for him with Lance Griggs. So, so Darwin and I started working together for Lance Griggs in Darwin's basement in Lansing, Michigan. Under the the title of Lance Griggs. Well, after about a year of that, we decided that we didn't need to be with Lance Griggs anymore. We could do it on our own. So we, 50 years plus one, we started off and started a company called Bolmac. At this point, I think it was called Bolmac. Yes, it was. Yes. That was in South Lansing. Darwin was from the Port Huron area, Michigan. He wanted to get his degree at Michigan State and move back to Port Huron. And then asked that Judy and I... Uh, Join us, which was news to me, but uh, the Lord had <laughs> well, in September of 71. We moved to uh, 
Port here in Michigan and started our work from there. Yes, and I, I will tell you folks that uh, uh, they I, they excelled in, in the work they did. I, they were at the top of uh, the, the engineering companies that did the type of work they did. And I, I would just simply put it this way, they worked for county drain commissioners. And if you're not from Michigan, it's probably a strange term. And I will get into that at another time, but <laughs> they were good. And, and I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time there and John's time. And I will have to tell you, John, the highlight of my, my time at BMJ is being able is, uh, is still being able to say that I was there one year before the J of BMJ. I had seniority. <laughs> Okay. He was my boss, but I had seniority. <laughs> so. uh, we expanded it. Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. So at some point along the way, John, uh, you uh, got involved in uh, mission work. How, what, how did that all come about? That's a good question. I used to get many years ago the called the Engineering Times. And there was a article on the first page of Engineering Times, two-inch column that this uh, engineer, Michael Orsillo, was trying to form up a team to go to Haiti. Never heard of the place. I made one phone call, and literally three weeks later, I was on a team on an airplane on the way to Haiti, May of 1988, and it changed my life forever. It uh, was a Actually, a very uncomfortable trip. We ended up sleeping in a warehouse, carpets over in the corner. There were rodents running by. It was hot and stuffy. I couldn't wait to get home. But once I got home, I couldn't wait to go back. It's just uh, the idea that I could use my professional skills to serve the Lord just went to my heart, and I started um, doing trips from then. Wow. Well, you remember what year that was? That was May of 88. May of 88. Right. How long you were you down there, John? That was about a 10-day trip, as I remember. And um, we were surveying property for a potential university, about a 900-acre site. And like I say, it was uh, hot and dusty. And I remember sleeping on the roof of the building because it was too hot inside. My outside, I could hear voodoo drums in the, in the distance. <laughs> it was very uncomfortable but like I say it just, just it spoke to my heart this is something I need to do and that was the first of 36 short term mission trips that I've been on over the years so it was quite a significant thing in my life oh my I, when you the way you talk about that and uh, the the work the, the work what God did to your heart was just it's just amazing when you consider you you're talking about sleeping in a warehouse and on the roof and rodents running by you. And uh, boy, God certainly did a work in your heart, John. Well, I guess so, for sure. He, he did, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, truly amazing. And you've uh, and you spent all these years since then involved with engineering ministries. I have. I started out, you know, where was I at then? Okay, maybe need to... I was in Naples, Florida. At that point in time, I had left Bolton Johnson and moved to Southwest Florida, and I came very active there. Um, I was involved in the county work, and there was a lot of engineers and surveyors in the area. They'd come into my office and talk about their jobs, and I would turn turn around and ask them about their faith, and I'd give a Christian witness. And today, I would probably get fired for doing that sort of thing. It's not in those days. You can speak only about your faith. And so it wasn't too much longer. I had a list of about 125 professionals from Southwest Florida, started leading teams all around the world, basically, from that area. And uh, then I expanded my work from there to uh, uh, Florida, then to the Southeast. And I made up my own titles as I went along. At some point, I was the national director of the Association of Christian Design Professionals. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, uh, you <laughs> So, I promoted myself several times. So you you just uh, where you were led, you you followed, and wherever that path was, it was sounds like it was mostly new ground that you were breaking. 
Pretty much, yeah, the engineering ministries was started in 1982. That first trip was in 88, so there had been some activity, but mm-hmm. that first trip in 88 was the, the largest thing he's ever done. Michael Sill is the founder, and uh, from there it kind of grew one office in Colorado Springs. We, the EMI now has 10 offices on the planet. I could rattle them off if you'd like, kind of know my memory. Go ahead, John, because I, I have a terrible memory, and I like it when <laughs> older people have good memories. Okay, well, to begin with, I think 20 years ago, they started an office in India. That's our oldest office there. Uh-huh. But right now, we have offices staffed by design professionals who are missionaries in themselves. So that everybody has to raise their own support. Nobody gets a salary. They have to raise it from family, friends, and other churches and so on. So we have an office in Nicaragua. Canada, Calgary, uh, South Africa, uh, the Middle East, London, India. I mentioned that one. Most recently, Cambodia. And I think maybe that's all, Tim. Uh, They're in the process right now of scoping out and opening an office in Mexico, which uh, is fertile ground not too far south of us. At some point, they'd like to open an office in Australia, to recruit professionals from that part of the world to serve in the countries there. At this point in time, I think they've worked on over 2,000 trips in those years since then. So it's just expanded all over the, all over the planet. My goodness, and it's definitely international. If I may uh, go back uh, to a, one of the things you were saying a few minutes ago about uh, when you were in Florida going up to people and talking about your faith and that. and. Oh, you could get fired for things like that today. Uh, and I mentioned this to you the last time we talked. I remember uh, you would always uh, occasionally go, go out on the survey crew for a day or maybe a couple of days. Mm-hmm. I, I remember a number of times. And if there was a new employee, and I was a new employee once, you were going to ask the question, you know where you're going when you die. Now, and I I love that question. You you couldn't ask it in the interview, but with your faith, you were going to ask it at some time of every employee you had. Right. And uh, again, that just showed me the the faith that you had. And uh, and as we're talking about that, the earlier days, where what led you to Jesus? What what was it that in your life? What that changed your life, and you, you found Him as your Savior? Well, I would say a long story short. I was um, baptized in a little Methodist church because I joined mainly because I wanted to get in the choir. And I think there was a young lady in the choir I wanted to get to know her <laughs> because of that. It's always a woman, I'm sorry. I got to mention this to let you know where, where I'm going with this whole story. To begin with, my, my sweet wife, Judy, passed away just three years ago from pancreatic cancer. So now I am single living by myself. But Judy was very much a part of my my faith growth and the, the path we were on. We worked as partners. I could tell you a little more about some of the trips that she was on and, and so on. But the, when I first met Judy at college and was proposing to get married, it was made known by the family that I had to get a, a confirmed and, and have a have a Christian marriage right from the beginning. So Judy and I started out as a young couple uh, like that, and we had a faith path we grew from there. That uh, back in the 70s, prior to when you and I got together, Tim, I was involved in a ministry called Evangelism Explosion, where we used to go out every night during the week to uh, visit people's home and make gospel presentations. And that's what I got to the point I would ask everybody I could, if you're going to die tonight and go to heaven and God would ask you, why should I let you in my heaven? What would be your answer? And you know, the answer is, you know, go all over the place. But typically they would say, I, 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 I. Nothing about God's saving grace at all. So that's why I, at that point in my life, I was very really unfired for the Lord. I was still making those trips and poor hearing, and, and you were one of the recipients of that. So. Well, I, I certainly appreciated it, John. <laughs> Again, your support throughout throughout my years at BMJ and, and some of my writing has been wonderful. But uh, you mentioned Judy, and you uh, 
together uh, working with engineering ministry. Uh, give it, tell us some of the th- the times that you two, uh, what you did and where you went. Uh, to begin with, like I said, I've been 36 short-term trips. Judy had been on four. She had been to Guatemala twice, once to Haiti, and then we also took a trip, very unique trip to uh, Kenya to master plan a Bible college there. But later on, when we started uh, traveling, though, as uh, exhibitors, recruiters for engineering ministries, we had 20 years where Judy and I, as partners, traveled the country. We went to 85 secular conferences, 33 cities, coast to coast, where we handed out thousands and thousands of brochures, hundreds of presentations about what engineering is and how they could use their technical skills to serve the Lord. And uh, my wife was great at it. She just loved talking to people. And um, she seems like she would get all the hard questions. People would come up because of her smile. uh, They would have questions. She'd end up with all the hard ones, the tough ones. And so she was great at it, and I loved her for it. So, Oh, Judy was an exceptional woman. I very, very open, very welcoming. Uh, Yes, I'll... uh... I know that my wife Mary Lou loved her, and it was it was uh, yeah. She's missed. I know missed by you and your family, John, for sure. Dave, you got any questions right now? You're the you know actually, it's this is interesting this conversation because Dave is the interviewer. Okay. He has a, a podcast where he interviews people, okay. <laughs> and uh, I have four times been on the your end of an interview, which lasted <laughs> about three minutes. <laughs> but, but I'm 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 enjoying this, John. Um, your well, family, yeah, your family. You you your family is uh, they're growing now. I remember Ben on we in the summertime. He worked with us a couple times, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, around the time he was getting his driver's license, uh, we actually let him drive down the road oh, once. It was it was a half a mile that that our crew chief at the time let him drive the van down the road from one point to another. And we were told, don't you dare tell his father. Uh, <laughs> that was the only time we did that. Uh, uh, oh, but, okay. uh, we're not talking about family, no more do we get to the good stuff. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so uh, tell us about your family, John. Well, my son, Ben, who is now 61 years old. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Hard, that's a hard career, eight and a half years in the Navy. I went in as a boy, came out as a man. And his computer degree, master's degree in finance, uh, and then had a long career basically with Shell, and uh, ended up retiring at age 56. He and his wife were dinks. You know what a dink is? No. Dual income, no kids. Oh, okay. So, okay. so no children. Um, Going to spend six months of the year now in Florida, the villages. And within a couple of weeks, they're moving into their new home, new home here near Columbus, Indiana, out in Brown County. So he's oh. doing well. My good daughter Susan uh, lives nearby, just within a mile of me. That's one of the reasons I'm here in Columbus, Indiana. And she and Michael have uh, their own family growing. And uh, Michelle is in Richmond, Virginia, and uh, Mary. A gentleman who's very successful in sporting goods sales. Mm. So that's the, the not common part. Now I have five grandchildren, one girl, and Warren, uh, who actually, as we speak, is now up at our Camp Arcadia up in Northwest Michigan for the summer. And this fall, she's going to spend a year in Ireland as a degree. And then I have seven great grandchildren. Wow. Anywhere mm. from about age six down to little Seth, who is 14 months old. No, he's only four months old. And before the, he was even born, they knew he's going to need open heart surgery. And that was all pre planned. Uh, they had a cross of the, his arteries because he wasn't going to survive. And so he's a miracle baby. So three children, two of them in heaven. Tim, you know about little Matthew. We won't go into that. Yeah, yeah I do. In heaven. And the five grandchildren, the seven great grandchildren, and they're my pride and joy. So. All, all Christians, and uh, you raised them well. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned Camp Arcadia, and I, I remember 
uh, you and your family in the summertime going up to Camp Arcadia. Uh, let let our listeners know a little bit about Camp Arcadia and what you guys did there. Well, it's a, it's a, first of all, it's a Lutheran camp. Next year is its 100th anniversary. And I made my first trip up there back in the 1959 as a, going to a retreat on the weekend. And then when little Matthew was born, we wanted to go to a family camp. So we went up there starting about 30-some years ago. And then we went up there almost every summer for a week to the camp. Um, eventually, I ended up on the board. My daughter, Susan, served on the board. Uh, five of my grandchildren, all five of the boys, four of the boys, served on staff up there during the summer. Two of them uh, found their wives up there and uh, working with them on the, uh, we got a lot of blood. Susan's now bought a, a, a cottage near the camp. And my everybody basically, except me and my Virginia group, were up there this last week. They had a great time. All those kids, too much noise, too much confusion, not good for grandpa bear. So I, didn't... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can I can relate to that, John. Too much noise. So I'm going to go up next Monday for a few days to be by myself with uh, my my granddaughter Lauren. So oh, big part of our life. Well, that'll be wonderful. Well, yeah, that's that's just great. So it I just and you you talk about your grandchildren and uh, it's interesting because. You know, I have I have five kids, four of them are daughters. Uh, Dave and I grew up without a sister, uh, so it was interesting for me to be around girls. But I also have uh, six grandchildren, four of them are daughters. So you seem to be on the boy side with grandchildren. I got, I still am just flooded with girls. <laughs> you are, <laughs> and it's a blessing. Oh, it's a blessing. They're all a blessing. Yes. Uh huh. So That's for sure. Of the 12, I got two girls and 10 boys. Now, oh. On the other hand, I have six. Judy and I were six goddaughters, goddaughters for six girls, including mm-hmm. a girl called Emily Carter. And we yes, were I was, baptism, and, and we pray for her and her family every day. So. I was I was just going to mention that that you were uh, Emily's uh, godfather, and uh, yeah, and she's a uh, you got a special place in her heart for you two also. And, it, and it's interesting. Uh, Dave is in Florida as we're doing this. And she and her husband uh, are headed with the two. They had, Their two daughters are headed to Florida for a week to visit our daughter, Caitlin, who just moved to Florida. Oh, well, my goodness. Two weeks ago. So, yeah. And, and, and as you were talking, uh, on a very serious note, John, as you were talking about living in Indiana, I'm wondering how you uh survive with the indiana hoosiers considering your college and sports background mm-hmm. uh i understand why you wouldn't be in ohio but as a <laughs> as a staunch spartan fan yeah. you're able to survive i have to be very careful <laughs> i don't a tire i will wear around <laughs> um, they're very they're very courteous to me though. I don't get a lot of guff from all my Hoosier fans here. Well, I'm only thirty miles from Bloomington, Indiana, where the oh. Indiana's at. So oh, okay. But there's a mixture here between uh, Indiana University and Purdue. One of my grandsons, Jonathan, graduated from Purdue. Okay, and so yeah. it's a Big Ten mix and so they're pretty good. But uh, there's there's times I have to watch what clothes I'm wearing and get too far outnumbered. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, my time at, at at BMJ was interesting because uh, the three of you were all Michigan State grads, right? And I had gone to Michigan, <laughs> and, and there was football season. It could be interesting. Oh, yes, right. uh, I I do remember though, uh, Dan Johnson. He was he was the one that uh, probably gave me the the I don't know what the, the word is. Most grief. Most grief. Thank you. <laughs> And I can remember, uh, you know, there, there was that back at that time when Michigan was doing well and they might beat Michigan State maybe two or three years in a row. And one year, they, Michigan State beat Michigan. Oh, dear. And and uh, Dan, you know, and, and Darwin, too, he was, you know, pretty vocal about it at times. Uh, you know, they were getting on me about it. And a couple weeks later, Dan says to me, he says, Tim, how come you, ne- how come you didn't respond to uh, – 
what I was talking about and what I was, well, the grief I was giving you about Michigan losing. I said, Dan, I knew how much it would bother you if I didn't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, is there, John, uh, what do you, what would you have to say to uh, young people today uh, in, in churches about not just the ministry, but about uh, sharing the gospel with others and uh, special mission work, missionary work? What, what would you tell them? Well, that's a good question. You know, I have opportunities to do that. I think I've mentored a number of individuals. Uh, I mentioned about Judy and I sh- sharing that uh, exhibiting opportunity. We have a lot of people come by, and um, three of them, three couples actually, as a result, we were the first point of contact with them. Basically, we ended up praying about it, uh, quitting their jobs, selling their homes, raising their support, and moving them and their families to serve the EMI full-time in countries like Uganda, uh, Nicaragua, and I think one of them went to India. And so oh, my said, goodness. Yeah. So I guess, you know, I, I rubbed off on them in that regard. Plus, I have no idea how many other lives I may have changed by a person taking that trip the first time. But I'm certainly uh, debating your your real question is, I just just live the life and uh, um, let us shine. Don't be bashful. Uh, it's like a lot of things you do in church. If you don't ask, you don't get. If you don't share it, right. you don't, uh, it doesn't have a chance to rub off. Sometimes it would take a, a long time to, to happen. So, yeah. Hey, hey John, there's a couple of weird questions here, but maybe they're not weird at all. Which uh, trip did you enjoy the most? Not just because of what you were doing, but because of the, the time you were able to have there with you know your, your fellow Christians. Well, like I said, 36 trips, a lot of experiences. What I really lived for was uh, the evening before we would uh, come back to the United States, we would have a special dinner. We'd have a sharing. We'd end up uh, laughing. We'd end up crying and praying for each other. And I could see that the impact that this whole ministry had on people of that nature. And so uh, the highlights, uh, I don't know. On my 26 trips to Haiti, I've been on the Love a Child, loveachild.com board now for 16 years. It's an amazing ministry. And Judy and I were the first people on the property that they now have the headquarters. And from that, I guess that trip itself just really sparked my interest in uh, doing more for the Lord and sharing that faith with other people. So, it, wow. it, In listening to you talk, John, and uh, a couple other people I know who have been on mission trips uh, and their desire to go and how excited they were before the trip, even though they're raising money for it. It sounds to me like the Lord does as much for you as a missionary as he does through you for those you are serving. Right. Yeah, it's always, it always comes back in, in a special way. Can I tell you about one, one of the experiences that Judy had? Yeah, I remember being in, in the booth. I'd be in one corner talking to somebody. Judy would be in the other corner talking to somebody. Sometimes I could hear what she was saying. She was saying basically the same thing I was saying. But as this gentleman started to leave my side of the booth, Judy reached over and touched his arm and said, "God wants you to go to West Africa." Oh my! And oh reflecting on that, she said she had no idea what triggered that thought, as the Lord was really speaking through her for somewhere in the. And um, about a year later, we were at a conference, and this gal came up to us and said, do you know what uh, what you did when you touched uh, this gentleman's arm? She said, uh, three or I guess it was six weeks later, he woke up in the middle of the night, and he said, the Lord spoke to him as clear as day, I want you to go to West Africa. And it shocked him out of bed. He didn't even know where that was coming from. And so he got up in the morning and tried to talk to his wife, Debbie, and, and said, this is what happened to me last night. We need to get some more thoughts of this. We think the Lord 
through Judy is really speaking to us. Well, he was one of the three couples that eventually did quit his job, sell his house, raise support, oh, and he ended up moving his family to uh, Senegal, which is one of the other countries that we had at one point in time. And so direct impact of what, what we were doing. So It's, it's interesting because I've, I've, I've thought, and I, I've written a couple of things about this, that really, in the end, as Christians, we're all missionaries. You know, you and Judy are there in that, that booth promoting uh, Engineering Ministries International, uh, sharing your stories, uh, which, uh, as the, the example with this gentleman who woke up in the middle of the night and heard God say, you know, you, you need to go to West Africa. Uh, but just to tell, to, to go to other people in and, and the workplace, it's, it's mission work. And, and we're called to do it, to share the gospel. Uh, and we, uh, and I, I know in my life when I've shared it with other people, and as I share it through the poetry, um, my faith increases and I feel closer to God through that. And uh, my it, it builds my faith to share it with what I have with others. I am more aware and conscious of, of what God wants me to do. And I, I, just, I just see him, the work he's done in you, Judy, uh in your family uh it's it's just an amazing journey john i certainly appreciate what you do i feel blessed that i've been able to bless others i take no credit for it whatsoever it's the work of the holy spirit working through me and the lives of other people and you're just an instrument and uh, you live your life out and you present the gospel sometimes you even have to use words you know your life the way you live your life is it's how you share your faith. Sometimes, yes. uh -huh. sometimes you have to even use words to do it. So yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, I'm 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 learning, I'm learning that those things, uh, and it's a it's quite a journey, and I'm in, enjoying every bit of it, uh, being open to what God has. But uh, again, I I look back at you and and Darwin and and, and Dan Johnson as as examples of Christians and. Uh, their lives and what they've done for others and how they've helped others and uh, their, their love for us, uh, for their other brothers. Uh, it's been wonderful. Um, is uh, we like to uh, get some, have you give us some information on how people can uh, find out more about engineering ministries. Uh, and if there's an engineer out there listening to us, uh, listen to John, I want to tell you, he's done well, <laughs> done well as a, as a, an engineer and as a missionary uh, and I uh, to others too that uh, knowing what you do they can find out more about engineering ministries and, and perhaps give it some support uh, Begin with and uh, I was just gonna say and we'll make sure that we get this in our show notes written okay. down so that uh, people when they uh, go to the podcast they can read the show notes and they'll have that contact information available we also gave credit to the architects that are much involved with our ministry. Early on, we talked about changing the name of the ministry from engineering ministries to international to something else. But that didn't work. But we almost every team we send out has at least one architect on okay, it. Yeah. And land surveyors also. But it's, it's, it's engineers primarily. But uh, the teams are made up of all those disciplines. So. Yeah, I, yeah, I understand. Yeah, knowing what you got, what you do, it's I. Yeah, I see there, there's that purpose for all three. Right. Yeah, so, uh, and architects and surveyors, forgive me for uh, neglecting to mention you more often. I'm, I'm more connected to the to the uh, engineer that I worked with for years, <laughs> and it was my good friend. But yeah, give us some contact information uh, or information where people can get more information, John. Very simple, engineering ministries is emi.org. And uh, so I've got a website like they all do, much information. Main office is in Colorado Springs. And um, I would love to hear from anybody that's got an interest. And with the pandemic going on around the planet, a lot of trips have been postponed. Uh, ironically, we're doing a lot of work right now. And it's like a third world, but we're, we're doing work now in Alaska. Oh. Some of the, the native Eskimos and stuff living in some remote villages that have some severe sanitation problems. We're doing some work up there. But as things are starting to open up, teams are going to start being formed. And uh, we're also bringing on, trying to get a lot of, like good, any good ministry, 
in the third or fourth world needs to be figuring out how they can work themselves out of a job and turn it over to the local people. And we're trying to do that also at this point. Yeah, in the yeah and it's uh, as you talk, it's your uh, yeah, you're 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 doing some type of infrastructure help for them. They bring the water to them, help them with uh, yes, uh, disposing of sewage and uh, buildings. Uh, it's uh, it's quite a quite a lot of work that's done. Yeah, some of the projects are very simple. Um, starts with a land survey. Others get very involved. That uh, Lovey Child project, that ninety-five acre site, is I've been working on has like forty different types of buildings on it now. They're feeding eight thousand kids a day, another eight thousand families, and sharing food packets they get from feed my starving children. Uh, about two million meals a month go through our warehouse there. Last year we served out twenty-five million meals through that ministry, and uh, my team's been much involved in all the infrastructure on that particular project that makes that all happen. Well, folks, as you listen to John talk about engineering ministries, uh, his experience there, and what they do, uh, like so many, like every other Christian ministry, there is just uh, uh, there's people out there that need our help and that are benefiting from the help of all these mission groups, uh, mm-hmm. groups like engineering ministries. And uh, I invite you to please take a look at their website and uh, look into them. And John, I want to thank you for your time. And uh, I also, as we're talking, realize there's, I need to say thank you, Lord, for putting me in that survey crew van at BMJ and the life, the time, the years that I had to spend there. I was there for 24 years. Whoa. And they were 24 years living with other Christians. Not everybody was a Christian, but I knew that uh, the, the people running the show were, and uh, they were always an example to me. And I appreciate that, John. I want to let you know uh, that the love you guys shared for, for us is uh, did wonders for me. Thank you. So uh, anything else you got to ask or say, Dave? Uh, not that I can think of now. Um, John, you're still involved in all of these uh, ministries. Like, the, like you were talking about Love a Child Project and the uh, Feed My Starving Children. Is is that something you're still involved with regularly, or is it how are yeah. you working? Just last week, I got back from a trip down to Fort Myers, a Love a Child, Child quarterly board meeting, the first one we've had in person. We've been zoning up to this point in time. I've been with the, I'm on their board of directors now for 16 years. I've set salaries. Salaries. I also I'm now chairman of the audit committee. And yeah, I've been very much involved now with Love HR. Uh, yeah, so you don't you don't have a whole lot of free time, do you? Fill <laughs> your life up. I obviously I'm 84 and a half years old at this point in time. I'm not doing a lot of traveling, and without my partner Judy doing that exhibiting thing, I've backed away from that considerably. Uh, there's another couple that stepped in, and then once things get back to normal, I start doing those more often. Okay. So I'd say I'm retired, retired, and this is a retired again. So <laughs> but I, I, you're retired, John, but I, you're not tired of serving the Lord. Thank you. So I'm re- refired. Refired. Thank you. Uh, yes. Okay. Fired up. Well, I, I thank you, John. John, and uh, I'm so happy that you were our first uh, interview for our podcast, uh, "Living in God's Rhyme," and it's been a pleasure. And uh, we'll get uh, you a copy of this and you share where you want. And I uh, pray that you and your family are doing well and uh, continue their, your love for the Lord and serving the Lord. It's, uh, it's a great example, Lord. Thank you, Tim. Love you. All right, John. Love you, too. Give my best to your family and everybody. All right. Thank Thanks, you, John. John. Well. Tim, that was uh, quite informative, wasn't it? Well, yes, it was very, very, uh, very interesting. And uh, John is so well spoken. He is. I, I didn't know John. I've met him, I think, once or twice when I was younger, 
still living in Michigan, and I don't have the experience with John that you do, and and things like that. But the thing that one of the things that really really impressed me was not just his discussions and his work with EMI, but was also with uh, Save a Child organization. I when he talked about how many meals they had provided and other things just how do you, how do you how does my life compare to something like that? like you know what i'm saying that's just he has, he blows me away with what he has done yes i i agree with you and there, there's so much need out there and yeah. uh you know it, it sometimes takes someone like john to remind us that there is that need for help out there in the world. yeah it's it's amazing. As he was talking about that, that save a child and even EMI going to other places, I looked at myself inside in, in a sense. And I said, could I ever do that? And I'm sure with God's help, I could and with his direction. But I don't think I'm in a place yet that I can get my well, mind wrapped around giving everything up, going out like that yeah. one gentleman who his wife touched to where, remember, they sold the house and then they had to go raise the funds to go to South Africa? Yeah. That, uh, that, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know that I could do that. I don't know that I have no. the courage, I think is what it comes down to for me, courage. We're, we're all called to do something, and yeah. not all of the same things. And I, I think as, as, as a Christian, we need to do everything that God asks us to do, that he leads us to do, uh, but it's not all going to be the same. And we have to be, I, we have to uh, accept the blessing he's given us by what he's asked us to do, uh, knowing that that is what we are, are to do. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully I, for me it's this, for you it's the poetry, right? That's been, uh, yeah, that and, uh, yep. Yeah. I, I agree. I, that's part of it. I don't know if there's more. Maybe through this podcast, there's more. I I hope, but again, it's uh, I'm not. Uh, well, that's not. We're not going to talk about me. It's just not. Right. I'm oh. I, I, I'm blessed with what God has has given me to do, and uh, I am happy to to continue with this. And if there's something else, He'll let me know. Yeah, I think you're right there. So, this was a great interview with John, and, and folks, it was our first of many. We've, uh, we've already done one more coming up, so there will be another one this season. We're, we're not going to tell you the, who yet, but we'll get there. But Tim, John talked about his, his, his wonderful wife, yes, life, and I, I know you've written a poem about it. Why don't you tell us about it? Why don't you go ahead and read that for us? I will, and I, I just want to let you know that this was uh, poem was the first thing I wanted to do after the interview. I mean, this is what I got out of his interview, the things that he said. Mm-hmm. It's called A Man and His Life. A man and his life, a man with his wife, sharing their caring with so many others, sisters and brothers, and the family they raised who have continuously praised the God they serve, his word to preserve, whether near or far, Wherever they are, helping those in need, planting the seeds, sharing God's word so others have heard. Whether by their words or the work of their hands, following God's commands, they spread the gospel. And that's the other thing that the big takeaway from John's interview is how his whole family, in some way or another, is involved in uh, sharing the gospel with others. Yeah, it, what's there's that uh, camp that camp up North Michigan. Um, yeah, that sounded really kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I I can remember back from the BMJ days, uh, John and his family going up there for a week, and uh, they he was always excited about it and excited when he came back. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, and you could tell it holds, you could tell it holds a really really <laughs> dear place in his heart today. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, going up there to uh, to spend time with his granddaughter. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that is uh, that's amazing. 
Well, yeah, that that's got to be especially. Uh, that's got to be really special. Yeah. Uh, I know yeah. I have young granddaughters, but uh, to have that happen, I'm, I'm very happy for John with the life he's led and uh, how well he's led it and how he's followed God and where God is led. Yeah. So I also like how he. He's how well he spoke of his wife and how you can tell John misses her. But when they were talking, he was talking about going to the, the expos or whatever and, and the booths where him and his wife, Judy, right? Yes. Where they were there and he'd be talking to somebody, but people were listening to Judy. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, oh, sometimes, sometimes a woman has a clearer voice. Um, sometimes not, but you know, it, I, he had, had a great life with his wife and I'm very happy for him for that. And I think God had everything to do with that. She was an amazing woman. Uh, and yes, the, as a couple, boy, they certainly, oh, the grace of God flowed out of them. Yeah. And it, it was, uh, yeah, they, as a couple, they were truly blessed and with yep. their family continues yeah i agree yeah well i don't you know there's a few other thoughts that that i had written down that after uh it, well, I, in listening to john mm -hmm. uh, that i uh just would like to highlight okay and uh, the things that really struck me uh rather intensely and one of the ones was the conditions in the mission field and yeah, I, I've read stories about missionaries and conditions they live in, but to actually know someone who can talk about sleeping on the roof of a building on the hot, dusty roof uh, on his first mission trip. Now that one really, that one really struck me as, uh, oh, true faith and uh, trust in God. Yeah, um, yeah, to take... To take the blankets and, and the sleeping bags and just say that the roof has got to be cooler. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, yeah. or for God, try the roof, John, it might be cooler up there, you know. Maybe he's got, I don't know, hopefully there's a breeze. But it's got to be like that a lot of times when. Oh, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure when you go on. You're yeah. Be in a tent because there's nothing yeah. there. Yeah, you are, yeah, you are, you're going where people truly need you, but, but yeah. into conditions that. Are probably completely unexpected at times yeah yeah unknown yeah so yeah. so tim i i noticed in the notes that you've sent that you've got another one you want to read that now yeah um another thought that's what you're talking about yeah 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 okay i'm sorry i'm sorry no that's okay i've i've been a little distracted no I, the other thing that that i was struck with was and i've talked about this uh i talked about it uh during the interview but John sharing his faith at work, always. I really enjoyed that part of the of the conversation where he talked about wherever he was, he was sharing his faith with others, and, and at one time he was told not to at work. But he did, he continued it, and no matter where he goes, John shares his faith and will ask you that question at some point. If you die, when you die, what are you gonna tell God reason is you should enter heaven <laughs> that uh that is something that uh i think as christians maybe we need to do more often you know we're to spread the gospel but that question certainly opens the door to a lot of things it did for me i'll be honest with you i know when you we talked before and and other times about john that when he asked you that question i thought about it and I've been thinking about it since we interviewed John, not constantly, mm -hmm. but I mean, I think about it once in a while and I don't have the answer yet. You know, I mean, well, not I, the answer I, that I think he wants to hear. Doesn't, does, I don't know what the right answer is. I don't think anybody will know what the right answer is, but oh, I, I believe that. that I'm not ready to make that answer. Well, Dave, there is right answer and, and there are true believers who have to the grace that God has given us through the sacrifice of his son that we know the answer and uh, my constant prayer is through this podcast you will know the answer 
Yeah, I hope so too. I really in, do. In, in God's time, because as we talked before, you're the one who this was your idea. <laughs> it was your idea, not mine. And uh, certainly, and you've admitted it was it was God that put the idea in your head. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, so absolutely it, it, no doubt. In time, it, yeah, and you'll you'll have the answer one day. Yeah, I'm know. hoping so. I'm yeah, pretty sure I will by then. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing, I'm just uh, amazed at the number of trips he made. And I know for those 20 years that he and Judy went to all these conventions and expos where they had a booth for engineering ministries. Just the dedication to that ministry um, is amazing. It's as much a part of his life as his family. And those those who work at E and volunteer and, and do mission work at EMI are part of his family. Uh, I, I liked that. And uh, it was also interesting to know that uh, he and Judy took a couple trips, a few trips together, which I'm sure really uh, that would be quite a, as a couple to just make a short-term mission trip. But then there's families that, as we talked about on uh, podcast eight, who will pick up everything and, and the whole family will go out to another country to to share. But um, again, it's just uh, his life's been a mission. Uh, ever since he found the Lord, ever since he found Jesus, it, it's been a mission, and he's allowed uh, God to lead him. He's followed where God has led him, and it, is, it has blessed him. And as he talks, there's a, a peace about him. You know, he's, uh, he's very strong in his faith, but there's a peace about John when you're with him that you don't find with everybody else, especially... Uh, someone who's not a believer but uh, God has through this whole thing he's blessed John and given given him some peace in his life yeah a lot yeah, of peace great. Yeah. yeah what those, no go ahead go ahead no, I was just gonna say, those are some of the thoughts that, I, that have come to mind after our interview and uh, I just wanted to review those uh, just reiterate those things uh because of who John is and what he's meant to me, and just hopefully uh, the listeners will uh, have uh, picked up on some of those things and hopefully more, and uh, it'll have an effect on their lives and what they do. And we, we hope that uh, we all will contribute to missionaries and help support them. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I, In some way, we've all got to do it. Um, what... <sighs> bad as it sounds what or how has john changed your life if that makes sense that question how has it changed my life simply by uh well one way is in strengthening my faith okay accepting me as i am and as uh, my journey continued at bmj and I started writing some poetry. I actually, the first book that I had a manuscript for, the Jesus poems, I had John read through. I gave him to John to read through. And he was encouraging. Actually told me some of them should be put to music. Okay, so, you know, it, he was constantly encouraging. Uh, John was, um, John was looking for the best in everybody and for everybody to do their best. And uh, I know that I failed at times, but he's very forgiving. And it, it wasn't always an issue. It wasn't a big issue. You know, we had we just moved forward. And we, we got to know each other uh, out of work uh, through some Christian ministries here in town. And I just, uh, you know, we watched, my wife and I, Mary Lou and I, we watched, Judy and John, and uh, just looked up to him. So he's, he's just been an example throughout my life. And as yeah. he's moved on and continued with EMI, as I listen to him talk about everything he's done there, that just tells me that uh, he's an example of, of, of what a Christian should be. And as I had mentioned earlier, if you're talking about, you know, not everybody's called to be a missionary, but just to be faithful in where God leads us. Yeah, and uh, that that interview 
it's almost like a reintroduction to John because we really we last time I'd seen John was at a memorial service for Judy uh, after her passing away and so that's been a few years but yeah he's always there whenever yeah. you want him whenever you need him he's there yeah that's quite a guy I think uh, there was maybe some divine intervention in sending you over to VMJ to apply even when it was oh. <laughs> you know when it, when I look back at life uh, and I've probably thought of that before but you're right uh, I actually didn't complete college I left in my senior year uh, I left in my senior year knowing that what I was studying wasn't going to do anything for me mm -hmm. and the reason I got into it that's from studying in the community college here in town uh, when I got to U of M, there was a big change in what I was studying. So, uh, yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I I knew nothing about surveying. And I was applying for a job as a rodman on a survey crew. I knew nothing about it. And I got to the point where I was actually doing design work on these drainage projects. Right. Uh, so, yeah. It was uh, a truly, God put me there. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. I think he did, yeah. Tim, in the notes you sent me, um, there's one more thing you you, you, you put in the notes. Do you want to uh, go through that now? You know what I'm talking about? Well, if you want to... Yes or no, from, by, by Matt, I'm Matt, from Matthew 10, 32, 33. Oh. Remember that one? I got these notes in front of me, but I didn't get past the first page. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do this one. Uh, yeah. I'm glad you're there and paying attention and looking <laughs> off to the side once in a while, Dave. Well, Folks, that's, that's why he does. That's Keep great. On track. Keeping everybody on track. Yes, this is one I wrote. Uh, let me see if I can find this here. I wrote it for one of the books, and I'm not supposed to make the paper. It was from Living in God's Rhyme. Yes or no, Matthew. This is from uh, Matthew 10, 32, 33. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Words Jesus spoke as he sent out the twelve to spread the word, to heal the sick, raise the dead, and drive out impure spirits. These words he said, they were given authority, each one of the twelve. Instructions were given regarding those who did not, those who did believe, and those among God's chosen who would not receive. I will acknowledge and I will disown either the way the seeds will be sown. All of this makes me wonder, no, I know that I can no longer take the easy path. I must help plant seeds that will grow watered by grace, avoiding God's wrath. Must remember that I do not do this alone, that if I, and I do, get weary to the bone, that through his strength alone, my heart, my soul, he does own. I must tell the truth, like it or not, that there is only one way. No, there are two words you can say, yes or no, that's all you've got. I once wrote these lines, heaven or hell, what will it be before the judgment throne? The easy road is to spread the glory, but the true road includes the full story. It is ours to decide as we face the divide. Do we love our brothers and sisters enough to tell them the truth, that there will be resistors, those who will bear bad fruit? But without our telling them of the choice, the love of, or the wrath of for eternity, we are guilty of denying them the choice of preventing avoiding God's enmity. Good news is all of the news, leading to the loss to the way. Le yes, leading the loss to the new way. Forgive me for my ending there. but Yeah, that's it. Uh, kind of what we talked about just a little bit ago, Dave. Um, yeah. We will know what to say if we've accepted Jesus. I think you're right. I actually do. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So and that may be a, it's a little harsh in some ways, but then again, uh, 
everything Jesus said wasn't easy to do, easy to take in. I mean, it was simply know the truth. Yeah. Know the truth and be set free. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And sometimes the best things in life are are hard or harsh at times. Well, if you know, God says there will be hard times. Yeah. And if we let him lead us through those hard times and don't resist uh, and just have the faith that in the end, uh, everything will be better. Yeah. yeah. We will have learned something and we, he, he's got better things for us. But uh, some of that is, uh, you know, when our faith is tested, that uh, it should make us stronger. Yes. I agree. Right. I, I have failed at that too many times. I think God that God is a forgiving God. I think we've all failed at that sometimes, big brother. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, getting a little long here. Uh, I just wanted to say, again, it was a pleasure getting to to know John better. I am impressed as can, as all get out and can be with what he has done and continues to do with his life. And I am, I don't feel less of a man because of it. I feel proud to know a man now who does what he does and I don't want to be like John I just want to know John and know that I am a better man for knowing John let's go with that <laughs> okay well John John makes us all better there's no doubt no yeah, doubt I, 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 do you uh you want to that, uh, or you got something else you want to talk about no, I just want to say, pray that John's uh, faith and health continues to be good. Yes. Okay. And uh, that's it for me. Okay. Well, folks, don't forget. Um, we're going to put in the show notes all the links to EMI International, um, Save a Child, and everything that John talked about. So if you want to give, you can. Uh, if you just want to learn more, you can. If you decide you're looking to do what John's doing, you can. <laughs> he can help you with that. Uh, we will have, again, like I said earlier, Tim and I have also interviewed one more person who's, who's very important in both of our lives. Um, and that's coming up in a couple of episodes in Season 2. We look forward to doing that. And we look forward to you hearing it. Um, Tim, tell them where we can, uh, or where they can buy your books, if you got time for that. Well, you can buy my books, if you don't have one already, uh, at Barnes & Noble online. Or you can go in the store at Barnes & Noble and order it, if they they may have it in the, in the store. And I must remind you that if you are looking for it in the store, no, that was the older the first printed version ended up in the poetry section because I wasn't smart enough to put poetry and inspiration <laughs> inspiration on it. So, <laughs> and that's a whole other story for another podcast. But, uh, also, you can go to uh, Amazon mm-hmm. and order it on Amazon. And the quick way to get to it is type in the name of one of the books, uh, God's Rhyme, God Still Rhymes, or Living God's Rhyme, Tim Carter, and it will show up right away. And you can yep. order it. And also, if you go to Electric show, Press, yeah, go to Electric Press. Electric I looked Press. it up. Yeah, electricpress.com has a, a page on their website uh, to order books. And you can get a look at other other books that they published. And there are some good Christian books to, among those that they've published. Yeah. So also, folks, if, if you go to our show notes, there is a link to Barnes & Noble there for Tim's books. There's also a link to Amazon.com for Tim's books. There's a link to our website, which makes sure you're getting the correct book covers from <laughs> Letford Press, not from the other one. Um, and don't forget our website, folks, Living in God's Rhyme Podcast.com. It's uh, it's been a pleasure on this one, Tim. This one was so informative. I uh, I got boatloads out of this one <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm glad to hear that dave yeah I hope <laughs> yeah I hope I do. um so can you i got a lot out of it too dave yeah can you uh, take us out with a prayer yes uh your heavenly father we thank you for this uh 
time that Dave and I have had together and the time that we had with, with John Bolton in the interview. <clears throat> and we pray for John and others like John who have uh, mission work has become their life, serving others, helping them with their needs and struggles and sharing the gospel. We pray, Lord, that you would bless them and keep them safe in their work. And we pray, Lord, for those who have listened to this podcast, for their good health, and for those who have not found you, Jesus, we pray that uh, they would find Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And for those, Lord, who know Jesus, we pray that their faith would continue to be strong. And we pray, Lord, that uh, if they've liked this a podcast, uh, they would share it with others, not for anything that Dave and I have done, but maybe there's something that you have done through it that uh, will help someone else. And we pray in Jesus' name. Wow. Well, Tim. Okay. Ready to say goodbye? I am. Are you? Yep. It's uh, been, been a great time, Dave, and we, I hope you people, you listeners have enjoyed it, and we wish you a good, I wish you a, a great week, uh, a blessed week, and uh, look forward to uh, more next week. Yeah. So, folks, we're going to do a little differently this week. I want to say this. If you give him the times as you live, his word rhymes. And don't forget, we are the king's kids, and we, oh, and you will never get rid of us because he, let me try that again, folks. <laughs> okay, Tim. And don't forget, we are the king's kids, and you will never get rid of us because we are his with Jesus. Amen. God bless Amen. you all. Bye, folks. Bye. Thank you.